I, I don't mean to name drop. I really don't. But I just want to explain why I was watching it on mute. I was watching the game tonight in a restaurant with Charles Barkley. And um, Charles Uncensored, watching a game, I've had a couple of opportunities to do that, is spectacular. Hello, welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast. We talk about the NBA and the Hoop Collective is presented by YouTube TV. Try it for free today at youtube.com slash NBA 23. New users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. I have been a YouTube TV user for years, huge fan, use it on the road all the time. It's awesome on your phone. Uh, I highly personally endorse it. They paid me no extra money for that. Joining me from Washington, DC, coming back on the pod, he must not have hated it. Dominique Foxworth. Thanks for having me back. I loved it. It's fun. I like basketball. I'm glad you do because, <laughs> because we like to do, we like to talk basketball here on this spot and joining us from Los Angeles. I believe her first time on the show. And thank you so much for taking time out in an alleged off season. It's Mina Kimes. Hey, Mina. Hi. Hello. I'm so glad to be joining. I might. Does this mean I, I'm part of the collective? Is there a I asked the same question? I asked the same question and you better not give her a special treatment. No, there's a there's a vote that has to happen amongst the collective. I made a joke the other day that Tim Bontemps and Tim McMahon were not a part of the committee that decides, which upset McMahon. He sent me a text the following morning. So I'm not going to speak on it any longer. Just one day, meaning you may get a tap on the shoulder. Uh, and one day you may not. So it's just the way it works. Um, but thank you for joining me on this night. We, you know, we had this, these all planned out for seven games and we're done after four, <laughs> these special uh, Western conference podcasts. Um, what a remarkable game. The nuggets hold off the Lakers by two. Um, I thought it was just both teams wanted it so badly it's the exact type of playoff game you want to see the lakers absolutely did not lay down um the you know you always hear these jokes about you know one two three cancun etc lebron james played um all but four seconds of this game at age 38 years old he basically sent a message um that he is not done although i do feel like they paid for it at the end um because I think LeBron had no gas left in the tank. Uh, he had a couple of um, kind of wild shots. They decided to go to him down the stretch. And then there was one play where he was isolated up against Jokic and he basically just didn't have it in him to go for it. And, they, and Darvin handed up calling timeout uh, Darvin Ham. but I don't want to focus on that. I'd rather focus on the overall performance of LeBron pouring it out against Jokic, who had a tr another triple double. Mina, this, um, I know if you're a Laker fan, it's it's hard to swallow. The season is over. This was high level basketball, and I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Yeah, I absolutely love the, and I, may, I think I'm stealing this from Bill Simmons. He, he always talks about this: the aging star putting up like the you know final fight and giving everything. That genre of game is one that I always enjoy, and I think. This is I'm going to remember this game for that as much as I will for, you know, Jokic, like breaking the triple double playoff record and his general virtuosity. But there were other Jokic performances that I'll probably remember more. And I'm, I'm sure I'll remember from the finals. This one to me, I'll remember 
as the one where LeBron put the team on his back and it wasn't enough. I like that genre of game also, Mina, but I would like that genre of game to end with us having one <laughs> last time to see our guys succeed. It was just the way that the game closed out. And I, and I know, Brian, you said you don't want to focus on those last few possessions, but those weren't pretty. And I mean, you mm -hmm. can't blame the Lakers or LeBron. I feel like this is similar to a conversation that we had after game two is like they played well enough to beat a lot of teams. But just, they just came, ran into a really good team. And Lakers fans should be really overjoyed, honestly, with how this season turned out, considering how it started. The shot that Jokic hit in the fourth quarter, the step back, it looked like the Dirk. I, I don't know if the, yeah. I don't know what was said on the broadcast because I was watching it on silent. It looked like the Dirk statue in Dallas. You know, they, they, made, they put up a Dirk statue of his fadeaway this year. And it's kind of ridiculous because the fade angle is like Dirk didn't lean back that far. Did he, um, that it was like that statue it was how was what Jokic looked like on that play and getting his foot back behind the three point line. Um, when you get, you know, there's a two point game, a lot of things determined it, but that shot was just enormous in the whole scheme of things. I mean, uh, you know, he threw in some shots in this series that were crazy. That was absolutely wild. And if you're going to get beat by a guy who's throwing in shots like that, you say you're the better team. You know, LeBron has been on the opposite side of doling out, just being the better player. Um, he's faced guys who put it all on the line and he just pushes them down. Um, that's what Jokic did. He just was like, look, you're awesome. I'm better. And you know, the correct result happened in this series. The Nuggets were the better team and they won. And that was Jokic down the stretch. I mean, I I don't know what you can say about his performance. It was just masterful. And I say that in a game where LeBron had 40 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, two steals, and only one turnover in 48 minutes. 15 of 25 from the field, four of seven from three-point range, he cannot give a better effort. And it wasn't enough. And he may not be happy about it, but he's he, he'll live. I think he'll live with that one. Um, here's what I want to know, Dominique. Obviously, you were a professional football player. I don't know what you did at halftime, but when LeBron <laughs> left the court with four seconds left in the first half, the only time he was off the game, and he immediately went to the back, took off his uniform top. What was he, what did he do when he went in that locker room? Did he vomit? Did he go to the bathroom? Did he pass out on the ground? Did he jump into the uh, the hot tub or the ice tub? What 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 do you think he ice was going tub. back? The ice to tub do? sounds good. I'm I'm not I'm not a butt naked pooper. I know some people got to strip <laughs> all the way down to poop. Maybe that's what LeBron was doing, but maybe the ice tub makes sense. I think I, I am a former athlete, and I have to tell people this every now and then. Is it, it came to my attention when we were talking about uh, Tom Brady's mentality and. I am as far away from Tom Brady and LeBron James mentality as any of you are. So like, I, yes, I play professional football, but I don't, I have no idea 
what LeBron James, what goes through his mind. Like today I was in a Carmelo rabbit hole because of his retirement and whatever. And then the algorithm, the YouTube algorithm served up the um, LeBron game six against the Celtics. And it was just a perfect thing to watch today because it seemed like he tried to go back into that mode where he had 21 points in the in the first half. And I'm watching this thing about LeBron in the game six and his mentality. And I was like, I don't know what that's like. Like, I have no idea. I can't even imagine what it takes to get to that place or how it feels to be in that type of zone. So if you got to take your jersey off early on your way back to the locker room, I don't know what he was doing back there. Uh, maybe get an IV, get a little fluids in the system. Who knows? You know but what? I don't great. know for sure but it would have been a good idea, right? Don't you think it would have been a good idea to get an IV at that point? Sorry, no, I, I meant I mean, to bring this up too. Sorry, Mina. The, you were t- you had the game on mute, yeah. and you said that everything that LeBron did, you can't ask for much more. Man. <laughs> okay, I, Mark I was Jackson. about to bring... Oh, yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I was like, I don't want to sound like i critical, and I certainly don't know more about uh, basketball, but I do, I, and I'm not a former athlete, but I am 37. And I know what giving more than you should at 38 looks like. And that's what LeBron James was doing. And Brian, it was, um, there was some commentary about, oh, he should be driving more. He's got to be banging in there. I was like, dude, what? I mean, he's got, he literally looks like he's going to die. And he would still, in the third, in the fourth quarter, draw on these reserves that do not exist in normal humans that, um, you know, are existing non-existent in the entire Boston Celtics team, apparently. And it was Aww. it was wild to see. I, I don't know, unnecessary stray. But I just I find that so emotionally wrenching. And it it's like, yeah, he didn't win, but these are the games where you're reminded that he is not why what the difference is, I guess. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click, Granger.com or just stop by. They call it running a business for a reason, because every day feels like a sprint to the finish. It takes a lot of work to make it all work. But with Clover and Merchant One, you're always a step ahead. Now is the perfect time to upgrade your point-of-sale technology. We make it easy to accept payments, run your entire business, and sell more. Clover plus Merchant One, better business solutions. Go to clover.com slash M1 to get started. I, I don't mean to name drop. I really don't. But I just want to explain why I was watching it on mute. I was watching the game tonight in a restaurant with Charles Barkley. And um, Charles Uncensored watching a game. I've had a couple of opportunities to do that is spectacular. Um, although Charles insisted on having the Panthers hurricanes game on half of the TVs where we were. And um, cause he's a hockey fan. And I think it's also on TNT. He was wanting to support TNT. And I was like, Charles, can we, you know, can we please get this Laker game on? But the other game was going down to the stretch. So he, he was kind of watching both. Um, and by the way, Shout out to our colleague at ESPN, Ryan Clark, uh, who won an Emmy tonight for nice. studio commentary. And, and Charles, because uh, he's Charles, you know, has called him right up on FaceTime while he was at the Emmy ceremony to congratulate him. Um, but uh, 
so it was um it was a fun night watching Charles evaluate that. I didn't get to hear Mike and Jeff and uh and um and Mark Jackson. So I didn't hear that, but uh watching the game without the sound on, LeBron was I think trying to send a message that he's not done because one of the things that has been out there and I've been on the shows today and this was one of the topics on the shows is like is this LeBron's last conference finals is this the swan song and look it might end up being the swan song because um you know it's hard to win you know eight playoff games to get back to the conference finals but if it's the swan song it'll be just because the Lakers don't get it done it will not be because he is done he is not the same player he was five years ago we all admit that um but I, you know, I'm with you, Dom. I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think this should be a down moment for the Lakers. I think um, they have upward mobility for this roster. Um, they, they traded for a bunch of guys. They have the option to, to resign them. They have the option to go. They can create salary cap space and go out in free agency. They're not going to have max salary cap space, but they can go out in free agency and add to this roster. They still have a first round pick in 2027. I think that they can trade. They have a first round pick in this year's draft that they can either use on a player to add to their rotation, or they can trade uh, after the, they can't trade it right now, but they can trade it, you know, after the draft on draft night, um, they still have mechanisms to get better. And so I don't think this, I don't, I mean, I don't think the Lakers are done at all. And look, I know that there's going to be some commentary about Anthony Davis. I'm sure that there's, um, you know, some people that are disappointed in him. He went six of 15 tonight. He had 14 rebounds. Um, that's who's that's who Anthony Davis is. Like you know, Anthony Davis is a guy who sometimes plays great and sometimes plays like this. And okay, that's good enough to win at a high level. You, you just need to get a little bit more help, and I think that they can do that. Dom, I I don't think um I don't think this should be viewed as the end, uh, the sunset of LeBron's career. I think he's got more in the tank. Yeah, I mean, everyone's already speculating about Kyrie. I think you're right. They need another piece. Uh, and AD, I didn't, I was not as down on AD in this game as it felt like the internet was generally. Like, I thought he was aggressive. He was physical. Like, shots weren't going in. He was getting blocks. He was, um, getting putbacks, creating second chance points. Like, I, I, the expectation of him to, to comparing him to LeBron is disappointing, but you're not going to get that game out of AD all the time. Uh, I did want to bring up, though, you said that Chuck FaceTime RC to like drive home the difference between me and Ryan Clark. I was on I was staying in the same hotel with Kenny Smith and we rode the elevator together like six months after I interviewed him on first take. And I just stood there and waited for him to like look over so I can say, hey, look me right in the eyes, got on the elevator and got off. Wow. I mean, I'm low on the totem pole. I just know where you are. Uh, well, you know, Charles is gregarious. Uh, you know, he's he. You know, some people on their nights off don't like to talk about basketball. Charles is not one of them. Charles likes to talk about basketball all the time, and golf. To be honest with you, we talked a lot about the PGA Championship. Um, he's all excited because he's stories. buddies with he's he's buddies with Brooks Kepka, and Brooks Kepka, you know, won the PGA, um, and I think he's coming to the um, uh. Um, uh, he's, I think he's, he's coming to the, he's planning. I shouldn't say, I don't know for sure. But he's planning on coming, I think to the heat game uh, tomorrow night. Um, Mina, what did you make of uh, Kyrie Irving uh, coming to his second Lakers game of the year? I mean, I was kind of 
watching the game, especially in the second half, when it became apparent that the non-Bronze weren't going to contribute enough and that, of course, Braun himself was gassed, as we've been discussing, I was thinking, okay, would Kyrie Irving and his shot making be the difference? Uh, you know, because... I feel the same way as you guys do. I think generally about AD where I, I feel like a lot of the disappointment with AD is sort of relative to who, who he was a few years ago and okay. the sort of unwillingness, especially as a shooter to, to not accept that he's just not that player anymore. And, and as Brian, you said, he is inconsistent. So I, I was watching it thinking, okay, well, what if you threw Kyrie in here instead of, you know, D'Angelo Russell slash shooter. And I thought, it probably wouldn't be enough against the Nuggets just because they seem to be so clearly the best team and, and so deep and uh, consistent, but it certainly would make them a, a contender next year that you would put in that next tier. I don't know how you view the Lakers next year with if they didn't have them, if they were to just run it back. Um and so, yeah, I got, you know, like you said, I don't think, like, I think LeBron showed us he's not done. And I think the idea of throwing a player like that into the rotation, um, you'd have to take them pretty seriously. I hate what it's going to do to my man, Austin Reeves, though, because I feel like the, those uh, off minutes where LeBron's not the head of the offense mm -hmm. are Austin Reeves running the show minutes, which have been pretty fun. And he's not a minus on defense. And uh, being in D.C., I've seen a lot of Rui Hachimura and, I don't know who the guy is that's in L.A., but it's not the Rui that we saw here for the Wizards. But he's a, <laughs> a great piece that it seems like it, it just people who can get their own shot. And if you asked me um, two months ago, can Rui Hachimura get his own shot? I would have laughed in your face. But in stretches of this game, like he was putting the ball on the ground and getting to the basket and compromising the defense, blowing a couple of layups, but doing things that I thought that he can build on. And if you have that, you have Austin Reeves, you have LeBron James, who hopefully will be on some sort of health management program. So he can be at his top uh, for the playoffs. You have AD like, yeah, I think that's something. And Schroeder's been really good, like better than his contract situation such a, uh, suggests. So, yeah, I, I mean, I like them going forward, but yeah, they're still going to get their ass beat by the Nuggets probably. Well, Darvin had moved Rui Hachimura into the starting lineup tonight, and he played 42 minutes and went 3 of 12. I'm not sure he's a 42-minute player in the Western Conference Finals. Um, but he obviously helped them. Um, you know, the thing about the Lakers is this. It's not just a, a Kyrie or the trade guys they traded for. Let me just point something out. They played eight guys tonight. Uh, one of them was Tristan Thompson, who played 10 minutes, and I was gobsmacked. You know, a month and a half ago, he we, he was on the set of NBA Today with us and um, openly campaigning every day to join the Lakers, which worked. So here he was. But he played um, eight guys uh, in this game. Jared Vanderbilt was not one of them. He was a tra traded piece. Um, Malik Beasley was not one of them. He was a piece on, uh, acquired by trade. Um, Mo Bamba didn't play. You know, he's been injured, but he didn't play. He was acquired by trade. And D'Angelo Russell played 15 minutes and was not effective. Now, we know that you're not going to evaluate a whole team by the way you play in the elimination game in the conference finals. But um, the those are the guys they'd probably much have to say goodbye to to create salary cap space. Um, if they said goodbye to 
Russell, who's a free agent, if they said goodbye to Hachimura, who's a free agent, if they said goodbye to Bamba and Beasley, Beasley has a team option that they can opt out of by the end of June, and uh, Bamba's a free agent. If they said goodbye to all of those guys, um, they could generate $30.5 million in salary cap room. Um, they have they have some ways that they could potentially get some more a little bit. For example, let's say they don't use their first round draft pick this year. Let's say they either draft a player that they're not going to sign like an overseas player or something, or let's say they trade that first round draft pick for a future pick. Um, and so they don't have him on the books. And um, let's say they offload a guy like Max Christie who's on their books, but doesn't really play. Um, they could get to around 34, $35 million in salary cap space. Now, Kyrie, the max contract level for a player like Kyrie Irving is $47 million. So for a guy like Kyrie Irving to come straight up to the Lakers, he'd have to leave $12 million on the table. And they would also have to fill out all of those extra spots with minimum level players. Uh, and this Bobby Mark's giving me these numbers. I'm not making them up. And they take into account that you, when you clear salary cap space, you can't go down to like two players in the roster. You have to account for the, at least the ability to have to sign minimum players. So can Kyrie Irving sign with the Lakers? Yes, he can. Can he sign with the Lakers for the max contract? Probably not. Okay. So let's say they generate $30 million. Would Kyrie be willing to come to the Lakers for a four year contract in the $130 million range. Would they even offer a four-year contract? Um, I don't know the answer to these questions. I know that it behooves Kyrie to have that out there because he's negotiating with the Mavericks and he wants the Mavericks to offer him a contract starting at that $47 million. And if they don't think anybody else is going to offer him that level, they're maybe not going to offer it. And if the Lakers have $30 million and he's their other option, they could offer less than 47 and still beat the Lakers offer. So it behooves Kyrie, whether he wants to be a Maverick or he wants to be a Laker, or he wants to be some other player. It behooves him to have other teams showing interest in him and him being attached to other teams, which I suspect is one of the reasons why he came to two Laker playoff games. And I'm sorry for the filibuster. I'll turn it over in just a second, but it doesn't just have to be Kyrie. There are other players out there who could potentially help, um, the Lakers, like for example, Fred Van Vliet. Fred Van Vliet is an unrestricted free agent. He has rejected offers from the Raptors. I don't know where the Raptors are headed. He could be an option for the Lakers and probably at closer to that 30 plus million dollar number. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet is represented by now by Rich Paul. He recently changed agents. Rich Paul is his agent. Um, I don't think Rich Paul is going to take him to LA for a discount, but I think that has to be taken under advisement. And then there's other players too, potentially that they could be interested in. But I do think that the Lakers, when they look at the fact that, that all of these guys that they got in this trade, they weren't with the exception of Hachimura didn't play a role at the very end. I think, um, I, I think that they're going to probably look to try to open that cap space up to do something with it. And one more thing. Cause you're, I know people are saying, well, what about Austin Reeves? Austin Reeves is um, a restricted free agent. And because he's only played two years in the NBA, uh, opposing teams are limited to how much they can offer him. They can only offer him a salary starting at $11 million. But he doesn't count against the Lakers cap for $11 million until he signs it. Then there's other things they can do to put poison pills and backload. I'm not going to go into that. But the bottom line is when I'm, in, when, I'm generating that, when I'm generating that number of $30 million or $35 million, 
that is with Austin Reeves baked in is staying with the team. So that's right. the Lakers cap situation as of right now, which I'm sure is going to come into focus, Nina, because in the next month they have to make some decisions on what they're going to do with some of these players as they figure out what's going to be next. I guess my question for you, Ryan, is someone who knows LeBron and and the way he has approached roster construction in the past is part of the reason why there there's so much speculation about Kyrie, even if as you laid out, it would be an immense sacrifice of depth and potentially not the uh, prudent approach to the off season. There's also an assumption amongst casuals like myself that LeBron James has a outsized influence on uh, you know, the GMing of a team. Do you think he wants Kyrie Irving to be on the Lakers? I think he wants talented players that can help him take the next step. And, you know, again, no matter what you think of Kyrie, and a big thing with Kyrie coming to the Lakers, Kyrie misses a lot of games. Anthony Davis misses yeah. a lot of games. LeBron for the last few years has missed a lot of games. And so you'd be really rolling the dice with three guys who have been missing games and then probably having no depth. Uh, you'd be going back to the where you were with Russell Westbrook, where you basically had three star players with huge salaries and a bunch of minimums around them. That's where the Lakers would go back to. And by the way, they can also walk a middle path where they could re-sign Rory Hachimura, potentially, um, and then have other ways to acquire players, maybe trade Jared Vanderbilt, maybe trade Malik Beasley. Um, there are sign and trade possibilities um, that could happen. Uh, although that would um, that'd be a little more complicated. Uh, but, you know, I just, I think that the Lakers are in for a fascinating off season and absolutely my view, a one-off situation. I think they're absolutely still relevant Um and I don't think that you break up Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And I think there's the concept that, you know, you know, we'll hear about AD trade. I just, Dom, I just don't think you do it. I think they got to the conference finals because of how good they are. And LeBron still got gas in the tank. I say you run it back and, and see what you can do with it again. If you upgrade the roster, even some more. Yeah. I mean, I think no one expected them to make the run that they did this year. And there were so many surprises in the playoff this year, I think. And probably, yeah, last year too, there were a couple of surprises. It feels like the NBA is heading in a different direction because of just like the, the amount of talent and it's not a kind of a preordained thing. Who's going to go to the finals and win the finals in a way that it felt like it was in the past. So I think the Lakers, have a reasonable shot if they go at it next year. I appreciate you laying out all the cap um, implications because that makes the conversation a lot easier and and clearer for me. And I'm unlike me, and I'm willing to be uh, armchair GM. Don't sign Kyrie. That seems like a terrible idea to me. Like I, yeah, uh, the way he laid it out was. I mean, <laughs> it just like and, and so first of all, like the for him to take a pay cut. It, given the decisions that he's made over the past several years from um, the pandemic to not getting vaccinated to making uh, anti-Semitic remarks and not backing off of them, it appears that there are things that are more important to him than money. So that would make Laker fans happy. Like, yeah, we might be able to talk him into this because he is willing to give up millions of dollars for whatever reasons that are foolish. However, 
he's not the same Kyrie that was the Kyrie that LeBron played with in the past. Like he left in part because he like wanted his own. He's like, I don't want to be under LeBron's thumb. I don't want to wait till LeBron leaves me here. I don't know. It just it seems hard to believe that this version of Kyrie is a version of Kyrie that's going to like fall in line and make everything go according to plan. I can't remember the last time that Kyrie had uh, a, a regular season that was without incident. So that's uh, correct. That combine that with the fact that you're going to have to give up all your depth and Kyrie may not play. Uh, but 40, 50, 60 percent of the games, it doesn't seem like a, a prudent move. Yeah, I I would generally agree. I think p- part of it is like you don't you're not going to the star. You're not going to the star grocery store where you can sell. Oh, we have six different options. That's the option. And, you know, I don't ex- like, for example, the, the, the two big names out on the market this year are James Harden and Kyrie Irving. Both of them at 40 eight to 50 something, you know, contracts would average 50 million seem like very bad bets, but there there's a scarcity there. Uh, I also think that both of them, you know, Kyrie, you know, showing up at Laker games, James Harden being, a, you know, rumored to be attached to the Rockets. I still think, I still suspect that all of that is just one giant leverage play that what James Harden really wants is to elicit the biggest offer out of the Sixers, even if it isn't a max, whatever the number of money is for as long as he many years he can get. And that the, this slow dance for months and these rumors are all sort of tied to that. And I think that Kyrie could be doing the exact same thing, just doing all of this and whatever he may do between now and free agency um, to try to get the, the, the juiciest offer he can from the team that he's on, because those are the teams that, uh, face the most damage for for losing those guys, but it's not the greatest year for free agents. You know, it's, it's just such not. a different world from our the NFL, where because you know what you're talking about, guys who our last memories of them are pretty bitter. <laughs> last time we watched them play basketball, or right. or didn't play basketball, and yet because it's the scarcity of stardom in this league is so real. It doesn't, it probably, they're still able to exert the kind of leverage you're talking about. It's just such a different league. Well, it is a, it is a a bit of an inflection point to see whether or not the desire for those two guys and the downsides will trumpet, whether or not, because, you know, Houston is under pressure to improve from the owner. The owner like wants them to improve fast. And even if they had won the uh, lottery, they were intending to spend all their money on veteran free agents. Like they were not going to like build around Wembenyama with other teenagers or young guys. They were going to be like, no, we're going to still go try to sign, you know, 28 and 32 year olds to try to win games now. So each team kind of has a different situation. That's what the Rockets mandate is, at least as of now, the Lakers mandate is what can they do to get better than Denver? And that's one of the things I want to talk about here. LeBron is on the podium right now. And he's saying that uh, after the game, he was talking to Anthony Davis um, and he, they think it's the best team they've played since they've been together in the playoffs. Um, you know, basically they're like, look, we just got beat by a better team. And um, uh, LeBron was talking about how he just can't believe it's the way Jokic shoots the ball with behind his head, flinging it like he's Larry Bird. I thought, I thought uh, Dirk, but he, LeBron's compared to Larry Bird. Um, and so they just, you know, when you're a team that's in that situation where you see another team that's just better, 
the desperation it's not you know not so much desperation but it's urgency urgency and that favors these guys who are out there on the market and so that's that's going to be interesting i you know, the, the, because the Lakers have the first round pick left to trade, they could get involved in the trade market too, um, with players that could be on the on on the market. We don't know who those guys might be yet, but it doesn't just have to be through free agency. But um, I think we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of, uh, of of that discussed. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. If only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast. The truth is all the lift big, get big, and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting. And starting is what matters most. It's everything. Wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be, Peloton encourages you to just start. With thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Mina, are you, are you, uh, could you see yourself when you, if you watched a, you know, going into watching a Heat Nuggets series, heat nuggets. Which, team, <laughs> which team would you uh, be more interested in? Um, I mean, what the, the, I think there's two sides to this for me, what the heat are doing as someone who, uh, generally embraces a statistical approach talking about sports, but, uh, does not want to be part of the dunking on the ESPN (laughs) analytics uh, account. But, but I do think it's worth acknowledging that what they're doing makes no sense right i mean the three-point shooting the shot making relative to the regular season you don't have to be a nerd to appreciate the utter sheer improbability of it i enjoy that i enjoy the the clear impact of coaching and culture and all that but as a um a football analyst nikola Jokic is the closest thing you have to watching an elite quarterback in the nba um the vision, the touch, the physicality, the passing, all of it just scratches an itch for me that I um, I just can't get anywhere. Like no other player really delivers it. I don't know. I don't want to say I look at basketball through the lens of football, but it's just of so. Why, why wouldn't you? It's Yeah, yeah that, that particular skill set is so rare and so cool to me. That's um, an offensive that I bias. Just, <laughs> Such an offensive bias. If there is, if there is a player in the NBA that gives off more football vibes, it's got to be Jimmy freaking Butler. Like he what? gives off the deepest dog in him, which is like a, a thing that football is. You, you don't get out there without having guys like that. So 
I don't know. I think I, I agree with you on the appreciating. I, I got drafted by the Broncos and spent three years out in Denver. So I'd love to see them win. It's out there for a lot of Carmelo years where we came up quite short, but the games were fun nonetheless. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I err on the side of wanting to see something that we've never seen before, but I guess both of these things fall in that category. Denver winning a championship and an eight seed. It's not even that they, they might win the championship. It's that they haven't been challenged. Yet they're an eight seed who hasn't been in a tough series. It's mind blowing. Let me. I, sorry to Brian to keep spinning this back to asking questions of you, but that you're. I'm I mean, sure he knows more than would us. Much rather hear from you, as an analyst who's being tasked with predicting these series and trying to, you know, forecast what's going to happen or talk about what needs to happen. Is it hard for you when a team is? as much of a statistical aberration as Miami, when you look ahead, like in a vacuum, the Nuggets should destroy them. But do you find it difficult to make projections or I guess analyze a potential matchup based on how unlikely this heat run has been? Well, there's a thing the heat have basically destroyed the modeling. They've destroyed the modeling that is being done by the sports books. They're torched it. They have absolutely torched it. If you just bet the money line on the heat every game in these postseason, especially if you just rolled your winnings over, you would be very, very much in the in the black. Um, and I don't even know what happened with the ESPN analytics model that um, like it, it basically might have to be. I don't have any insight on this, but they may they may have just broken it. Because the computer <laughs> just does not recognize like the a ability. black swan event. Yeah, yeah it's exactly right. And um, you know, part you know, it's it's a look. I've I used to live here in Miami. I spent a lot of time around the Heat. Um, the Heat are basically the same. The players change, but the Heat are basically the same. And so um, I both respect the hell out of them, and I kind of roll my eyes at them because like Spolstra is saying stuff like, well, you know, now you're paying attention, you know, uh, we've been doing this all year, you know, uh, no, you you know oh yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you did this all year and you were barely over 500, you know, um, it wasn't like you were doing this all year and you secretly won 58 games and nobody paid attention to you. You know, they, I think they won 43 or 44 games, which is good, but you know, less than they were expected. They were a disappointing team and they, would have told you they were a disappointing team. So the concept that they thought they were going to be in the conference finals, much less up 3-0 in the conference finals, um, no, there's no way they, they foresaw that. But they are definitely riding a wave right now. And the thing about it is, is that, number one, they're very, comf they're very comfortable in adverse situations because their whole season had adversity. And number two, like they have just, caught fire like you know we see this in sports we see you know goalies catch fire in hockey we see pitchers catch fire in a postseason in baseball we see you know i don't know how you know typically quarterbacks are who they are but sometimes you just see like a nah, defense. Nah, joe flacco joe flacco, flacco. <laughs> yeah joe flacco okay. is the point that's the one you point to Nick he Holes went nuts and, yeah. a hall of fame run in the playoffs right and so like guys these guys couldn't make a shot for months. So th they were 27th in three point percentage during the season. If 
in the playoffs, they're number one. Um, I don't know. I'll have to look and see what Denver shot tonight because Denver was kind of on their heels. Denver might have passed them tonight. Let's see what they shot. Denver tonight was – no, Denver was 36% tonight. So now Miami is by themselves. Not only is Miami number one in three-point shooting in the playoffs, but if they shot this percentage in the playoffs during the regular season, they would have been number one. So 82 games, 27th. 14 playoff games. I think that's how many they've played first. Eric Spolster's done a great job. Jimmy Butler's done a great job. You look at Caleb Martin, who's coming off the bench and just killing. You look at Kyle Lowry, who was not so great during the regular season and was, has been good in these playoffs, although not this series. Just wherever you want to go. Max Struess. Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent, 29 points in a conference finals game. They're just, they also are just making shots. And I wish the NBA didn't come down to that. I wish it wasn't about that. I wish it was more about merit-based, but sometimes it just comes down to that. The Heat are making shots. And it is, the, the, the Celtics are a little bit more primed for getting upset because they have not thrived in adverse situations. And so, the 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 ground was fertile for them to be kind of overwhelmed a little bit. But I'll just tell you what Eric Spolstra said today. Um, he said, look, yeah, we're ahead 3-0. We're happy. We think we're playing great. We're going to keep this going. But we could have very easily lost games one and two. They were down by double digits in both games. And in game two, they were down by double digits in the fourth quarter. He's like, it wasn't like we won all three games by 30 points. This very easily could be 2-1 them. And so he's saying that because I think he's what he's telling his team because he wants his team to not let down. But if the Heat don't shoot 40% from three and shoot 35% from three, this could be 2-1 either direction. And so while they're playing great, some of it is just that they're making shots. And by the way, that was kind of the Celtics last year. The Celtics just shot the ball really, really well in the postseason. And look, they they ran their offense and got open shots and got stops at one end and pushed the pace. And so they, they, you know, it wasn't like the shots were coming out of nowhere, but some of it is a, a happenstance, you know, and chance favors a prepared mind. I mean, they're all doing their practice and all that stuff, but you know, some of it is just the being in the right spot at the right time. And that's why you play it out. That's why, you know, the play. I, I think it's better when an eight seed's got a shot, when we have a seven and an eight seed in the conference finals. Um, not everybody feels that way. And certainly not in Boston where this is, you know, on the verge of a full-blown crisis. Um, I have no idea if the Celtics get hammered again uh, in game four. I have no idea what the rest of the week is going to look like in Boston. You, you could sell me on, on a lot of different things happening. You could sell me on nothing happening. Um, I think that would be actually be the best course. Um, but to me, that, that that's that's one of the amazing things about the NBA is how fragile it is. Now in football, you know, it's a single elimination. But in basketball, guys, Jason Tatum was floating on air, yeah. 51 points, and five days later, he's wearing an all-white suit trying to explain how he lost by 30 and went down by three, or went down 3-0. I mean, when he when he got that suit ready and he had this beautiful, <laughs> Mina, do you call it a brooch if a man wears it? Yeah, a brooch. He had this beautiful brooch. It was probably 
$10,000, gorgeous suit. Mm. You look like a fool. Mm. But when he, be- when he chose, he was going to wear that suit. Was say, he was probably like, I just scored 51. Suit. Can't, you got to bring two suits. You got to bring a winning suit and a losing suit. That suit, I don't know. You guys probably didn't watch one of my favorite shows of all time is the HBO show, The Leftovers. And there's a cult called the Guilty Remnant where they wear all white and he wore that. It reminded me of that, which I felt was appropriate because watching the Heat doing what they're doing now makes me feel like I should join their cult. That is the <laughs> only way. Like, I'm like, this doesn't make, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it, but I feel like I have to join. <laughs> you're ready to join the Heat cult? Are you ready to leave the Nets and join the Heat cult? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> No, we're, we were for Bruce Brown and Jeff Green in this house. Okay, come on. Yeah, for sure. No kidding. Um, so, Dom, are you looking, if it is Heat Nuggets, what are you more interested in looking and uh, in, in, in watching? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, the Spolstra adjustments, I know we're going to talk about how uh, it boils down to who's hitting shots and who doesn't hit shots. Like, I, I enjoy uh, going in to listen to or go to watch YouTube after the games and have people who actually know more about basketball explain to me all the adjustments that Spo is making. So I, I'm looking forward to game one to see what his answer is defensively to Jokic. Uh, it seemed like Darvin Ham tr- tried everything and there was no answer. Everyone's tried everything. There is no answer. Bam is an explosive athlete. That's the thing is like you would think that an explosive athlete who's also tall would give Jokic problems. No one makes them uncomfortable. And and uh, so I'll be looking forward to that, to see what Spo does against Jokic and how he beats it because he's going to beat it because he beats everything. Well, well, I'll leave you on this. Um, LeBron, when he ended his press conference, probably the last media he will do, at least you know, open where he's taking open questions, probably until October. He said, I've got a lot to think about. Just personally with me moving forward with the game of basketball, I got a lot to think about. Uh, I have no idea what he's saying there. Um, I do know he's under contract for enormous amounts of money for uh, the next uh, year. And I do know that he wants nothing more than to play with his son. Um, Maybe a little bit exhausted. Um, But what do you make of that, uh, Mina? This is why I asked you that question about Kyrie and the potential irrationality of offseason moves, because I don't know what a desperate LeBron might advocate for in that organization i don't know like you 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 laid out very clearly logically what the lakers should do i don't know if that like i, I question the impact of lebron's desperation on the a potential decision making process but you would know you know Ben is thinking better than i do i don't know was, Dominique was uh, was westbrook a result of lebron's desperation if so <laughs> You need to take the button from him because that did not pan <laughs> out quite like he had hoped. Yeah, I will say that while LeBron does have some personnel decisions that he helped with in his career that were good, I'm not sure his personnel judgment is the best. And he wants to be an owner, and he probably will be. And I hope he hires somebody to do it uh, because I'm not sure how it's going to go. But um, LeBron is always thinking ahead. And so um, I do wonder if that's just the emotion of the moment or him, you know, 
trying to set something up because, uh, or just trying to have somebody talk about him for days and days when the finals begin, but that will be, yeah, that's, uh, he's been known to do that as well. Um, uh, okay. Thank you so much uh, for stopping by guys. I really appreciate it. I appreciate our producer Adi for putting it together. Mina, thank you so much. Enjoy your short off season. Dom, you as well. Thanks for stopping by a couple times during this West Finals. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.